Welcome to the PVN College Podcast, where our goal is to grow students in the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, we're going to talk about race relations in America and give practical help for college students. Our guest today is Cam Washington. Cam has a Master's of Divinity from Metro Atlanta Seminary. He has spent several years in vocational ministry with a focus in discipleship and teaching. He and his wife, Kylie, have been married for four years and live in Atlanta, where they share a mutual appreciation for food, dogs, and coffee. They love helping outsiders feel at home, and I have the true honor of calling him a friend. Cam, welcome to the podcast, man. Dude, you crushed that intro. Well, you good know, I'm, I'm just reading it, so <laughs> I'm you, just... You read good. I'm, I do. I'm one of, I might be the goodest reader that we've oh, had in, so proud. in a long time. Um, yeah, no, this is, I'm just, I'm just playing the cards that you've dealt me, man. These are great. So food, yeah. dogs, and coffee. That's it, pretty much the foundation of a good marriage for yeah. us, for us at least. <laughs> I mean, we, hardcore foodies, I yeah. make coffee every morning. Mm-hmm. We have a dog that we just got in sometime in quarantine. She's three-year-old chocolate lab. Ooh. She's probably the brightest part of 2020 for us, for sure. Yeah, that's what's yeah. What's the name? What is the dog's Willow. name? Willow, she's oh, wonderful. Classic dog. Oh, name. she's so good. Is Love there her. is there a ranking? Like, is there so food, coffee, and dogs? Is there a hierarchy there? It depends on who you ask. For me, yeah. it's coffee, okay, food, then dogs. For okay. her, it's dog food, coffee. I would assume. Gotcha. She'll probably like see this and be like, "You're completely wrong," which is a normal <laughs> thing in my house. I was about to say, no, no, literally, literally unfazed at all. Yep. So. Wow, four years? You guys have been married for four years? You were there, yeah. Wow. No, I know. Well, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but it's, but it's yeah. just, it just, wow, four years. Time flies, man. No you, kidding. like, literally look out the rearview window, and you're like, wow, we've I been know. together. We've been together for six. Okay, and then, yeah. so we started dating wow. senior year of college, got married right okay. literally after I graduated. We were okay. like, someone asked me, like, what are you going to do after you graduate? It's like, I'm going to get engaged and get married. Yep. I didn't even know where I was working, but those two sure. things were like... Oh, to be young. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I was 24, didn't know any better. I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't need a job. What's money? Money's no, fine. No, you go, love. Love will pay love the rent. Love will pay the rent. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. No. In fact. That's not what we're talking about today, <laughs> but that should be one that we talk about with... with right. So, so we're actually, um, you know, today, obviously, I thought we'd keep it light, you yeah. know, just surface level yeah. stuff, really. I don't I don't really know how relevant this is going to be, per se, Um no, no, no. So we are. We're actually doing a deep dive into race relations in America, mm-hmm. and, and we hope that we can give some practical tips and tools to college students. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we all need help in this conversation For because, sure. because there, there are areas of it that are just so complex. Now, mm-hmm. there are areas of it that are not complex, right. uh, that, are, that have been made complex that are not complex. But, sure. but you know, you, you're dealing with, you know, just a couple things I wrote down. You're dealing with generational sin, mm-hmm. um, systemic sin, mm-hmm. personal sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's almost so hard to know where to start, but right. let's, let's try. Um, yeah, yeah. okay. So Cam, any, any initial, I realize how broad of a question this right, is, right. any initial thoughts on this topic of, of yeah, yeah. race in America before we get into the actual Q and A? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's just incredibly complicated. Yeah. I mean, what you just said about you're dealing with generational sin, personal sin, systemic sin. I mean, yeah. it, it's, there's so many layers to it. 
in yeah. so many, I don't want to say levels as in like hierarchy, mm-hmm. um, but levels as in just depth. Like yeah. you feel like you just scratch the surface and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then this is tied to this and this is tied to this. It, it's right. It's just incredibly complicated. So the, the conversations about race, the conversations, the 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 dialogues, all of those things, how we interact on social media, like all of that stuff needs to be handled with grace and mercy and yeah. kindness, yeah. even though it's so personal and so heinous, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We still have a command and imperative to communicate these things in grace and truth. Yeah. So which is the hard part because it's so per- for me personally it's incredibly sure. like close to my heart but just in yeah. general it's yeah. like you're yeah. talking you're talking about like foundational things for people's families and lineage and right. history it's like right you start delving in deep there you start getting into some serious combos so well and, and I think to your point especially when I just wrote down this this layers and levels like you know our generation mm-hmm. you know there, there's obviously a huge concern with with solving this issue yeah. of this generation. Yep. But to your point, you know, you, you may you may work really hard on trying to get your neighbor to yep. see what's going on in terms of personal racism and systemic racism. Yep. But you know, as, as an outsider, as a neighbor to mm-hmm. this man or woman's family, you don't have hands to get into the generational yep. depth of what's yeah. happened. Which which to me, to your point, it, it shows how this cannot be obviously there are steps that we're going to take and we're going to talk about that today yep. but our biggest helper has got to be Jesus Christ yeah. and and the holy spirit because he has he knows the generational depth of this he knows the systemic yep. depth of this in ways that i just you know yep. with my bachelor's degree will never be able right. to 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 fathom for sure and he has the hands to fix it and and just to your point like I think i'm going to say that a lot today to your point cam to piggyback off what you said cam <laughs> but just in the limited interactions that you and I have had about this issue, the, the ability that you have to, to disarm and to de-escalate and mm-hmm. to, I, I think that is a huge gift of the Holy Spirit that he's given well, you. Thank God for that. Yes. Well, one, well, thank you for yeah. that, of, of being, I, I hope that students today will hear not just, ooh, this is how I'm going to get them. You know, mm-hmm. this is the point for point that I'm going to use to get them, but, mm-hmm. but they will catch some of what the Spirit's doing in your life in terms of not just this is what you say, Mm-hmm. But this is how you say it. Yeah, you know 100%. what I mean. Is, does that does that make sense? Like 100%. it's not just what you say, but how you say it. Yeah, because when you're starting, when you're talking about racism specifically, you're mm-hmm. talking about initially you're going to look at someone's actions, and then you're just going to critique the actions. And no yeah. one likes being critiqued. Period. I don't care who you are. Yes. Yeah. Which then leads to someone's feelings, right? So feelings inspire actions, regardless if you're, you know, incredibly logical person, Mm -hmm. feelings will always play into how you respond to something, which then your feelings are really motivated by your thoughts, Mm -hmm. when you think about something, right? So if you think about, um, so I'm studying James right now. So you think about God does not tempt, right? Mm -hmm. But God does sin test our way to test the genuineness of our faith how you perceive and think about what god gives you as a gift Mm -hmm. or as as a as a you know a death sentence will determine how you feel about god regardless of where you come from 
But then your beliefs about God determine what you think about God. So if you believe mm-hmm. God is good, then you will say, you will think the things that he gives you are good. Got it. But all of that is buried underneath our experiences mm-hmm. of life. So a lot of people have issues with God because of the experiences they've been given and their beliefs are rooted deeply into their experiences. Mm. I mean, that's biblical, right? You can tell by their fruit and fruit grows on trees. But also shout out Todd Lender who actually taught me that like a couple weeks ago and it completely changed how I interact with people because when Mm -hmm. you start delving into experiences which are incredibly personal and Mm -hmm. you start talking about people's beliefs you can pretty much assume that someone's gonna have a pretty visceral or intense or passionate response to it yeah that's why we don't why we don't talk about money race or politics at the dinner table Mm -hmm. it's just like it's so hush hush and so So, of course, there's emotions and thoughts behind it that no one's talked about right, right. For, with anybody. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, we're at an emotional high point with election year and yeah. all the things that happened this past year. So, it's, it's yeah. pretty intense. It's, so, it's like a giant trigger. Like, it literally 100%. is a giant trigger warning. Yep. Well, and to your point, this is the thing I wrote down. So, so, hopefully, maybe we can show college students not just, you know, when you're speaking to someone about race... It, not just to shape the info they receive, mm-hmm. but to shape the experience they yep. have of, of receiving you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like you have to show them an experience of someone who disagrees with them, and yet they want to keep talking to them. 100%. And that's where you break through that, that they've demonized you, right? 100%. And the way you break through that wall is showing them that that's just not the case. Exactly. Um, Excellent. Okay. Well, great. We'll wrap That's it up good. here. Just kidding. Um, no, we're we're actually just kind of keep getting listening, into folks. It. We're st- we're still we're still here. You, look at you're a natural hey, man. You're doing... I listen enough. I listen enough <laughs> That's podcasts right. to know the segues. That's so true. So okay, let's let's start off here. Okay, we, we want to get into a couple of definitions, and let me explain mm-hmm. why. Because I, I don't think college students, myself included, are are like yes definitions. So here here's why. I think definitions are so important on this 100%. topic. I think racism can grow through being vague. Oh right? yes. Um, even racists can be against racism because it just depends on your definition, right? Right. As long as you're against your definition of racism, Mm -hmm. you're not a racist. Mm -hmm. So let's nail this down as best we can. So, Cam, uh, what is racism? (laughs) What is, nice and easy, I've thrown you the softball, what is racism? Yeah, so Jamar Tisby um, has a great definition of racism from his book, um, The Color of Compromise. Yep. He says that racism is a combination of um, prejudice and power. I'm paraphrasing it, but basically he is saying that to be racist is to have a prejudice towards a certain people group and the ability to do something about it. Hmm. So when, so there's this, so people talk about reverse racism. It's like when people of color or black people, brown people, they decide to create their own thing or to speak against racism or have, um, a certain posture about police or other white people is then mm. reverse racism. The problem with that is mm. being a minority group, you are automatically put into a limit of your ability to really do something about it. Okay. Because it's just numbers game. Like if we're a democracy and it's based on votes, yeah. just by the numbers, we don't have enough votes to really mm. do a lot. Now, I know we live in a free country and we're allowed to vote and that's our right to do so. But if every white person, every black person voted, mm on two separate things, just by the numbers, we don't have the power to do the same things that white people hmm. do. Gotcha. That's, like, that's 
objective. Like right. you can't argue that, right? Gotcha. So that's why like reverse racism, yeah, I might have an assumption and a prejudice against somebody. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I might be able to, you know, teach my family something or whatever, but like as far as corporately being able to do something against mm. a system. Systemic, yeah. Systemic yeah, yeah, system. Right, right. I don't have the ability to do that. So mm. when we talk about prejudice, we that's another like trigger word or like, well, I'm not prejudiced against anybody. Mm. Prejudice is another word for having an assumption. Hmm. You have an assumption based on someone that's mm. not based in experience and is not based in anything that's reasonable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like just full um, disclosure, the easiest, I don't want to use the word target, but the easiest example is homeless people. When you mm. see someone is homeless, what is something that you assume? Um, that it's, that this is their fault. Exactly. Yep. Okay. But you don't know the, you right. don't know their experience. You yep. don't know Correct. what brought them there. So that is a prejudice. It's mm. not racially charged, Got but it. a socioeconomically charged, a socioeconomic mm. prejudice. Mm. So to have a assumption that's not based in reason or experience of that person is a prejudice. Mm. Now, all of us can say that we have an assumption towards a socioeconomic class or, or a racial class just based off what we know about them. Yeah. So this is why having conversations and dialogues with people is so important because you get to know mm. their experiences, which then starts to break down your prejudices. Why mm. that's hard is because now you have to actually admit, holy crap, I have a prejudice about somebody. Right. And that's ugly. That's right. That is terrible. And denial is part of grief. Mm. So you start fighting and denying. It's like, no, I don't. like. Hmm. But when you're in proximity with people, you start having to deal with. Once I moved into the city, I started seeing more and more homeless people. And I started to feel how my heart would respond and the questions that I would ask. It's like, well, how'd they get there? Hmm. what they do? Mm -hmm. Um and they were all just guessing games. Mm. What did they do? Yeah, what did they do mm. to deserve this, right? Mm. Um, the director of community outreach, different than campus outreach, but okay. community outreach at Perimeter Church told me, um, when you see someone who's homeless, you have to think about all of the constructs that broke for them in order for them to be that way. Hmm. So if someone's living on the streets, they don't have a job, Right. They don't have a home. They don't have family that will take them in. They have no friends that will give them uh, some relief. Like, there mm. are so many different breakdowns before someone ends up being yeah. homeless. Hmm. So to take that example yep. and you put it and you take it into the race relationships that we're in right now in our country, when you just see the, the news clips and the media clips, the Facebook or mm. Instagram or whatever, you're just like, oh, they're just blank. It, it doesn't work that way. You have to think about all of the things that happen for us to get to this point. Yeah. Because there's no other setting in our lives where we will be like, oh, that's just be it's just because of this. Yeah. They did this because of this. It's like you don't know them well enough. Mm -hmm. You don't understand the experience. You don't understand the history. You don't understand mm -hmm. them enough to break down that prejudice. So that's prejudice. Yeah. And then power is, like I said earlier, just the ability hmm. to do something about it. Yeah. So since white people or the majority, mm -hmm. their prejudice carries more power. Got it. Just by the numbers. Yeah. They're in more places of office. They're more CEOs and companies. They mm -hmm. historically have gone to school long. Like there's just so many different things. Mm -hmm. So they have the ability to do more with their prejudice yeah. than people of color, minorities, fill in people group here right. are able to do. So racism, right. mm -hmm. 
anybody can be racist because anybody can have prejudice and anyone can be power. Mm. But when you put that into a corporate setting, that's when it's hmm. like incredibly dangerous. Well, I think to your point, to lead into the next thing, that that is where it becomes systemic. Exactly. That's fair to say. So so kind of, I, I, you may have already kind of said it, but yeah. um, maybe give us a Twitter definition of right. what is institutional or yeah. systemic racism. So there's systematic and systemic, which are thrown around interchangeably, but they do mean different things. Okay. Um, I okay. want to give word for word definition. So systematic racism relates to an action that is done according to some system or organized method. So we think about a system, we want a um, we want the same result every time. So okay. think about um, assembly line. Uh -huh. Assembly line, there's a system to create cars. Every time that is the product that you're going to get. Right. Systemic racism describes something that happens inside of that system that okay. affects that result. Okay. So think about cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Cancer is an outside disease that enters or is festers or grows inside the systems of your body that infects and affects everything that it does and creates an opposite result. Yeah. So systems, for example, would be school system, housing system, mm -hmm. um, health systems, mm -hmm. economic or political systems, mm -hmm. judiciary, judiciary systems. Those mm -hmm. are all institutions. Yep. Racism is a sin, a curse that affects affects those systems yep. that then produces results hmm. that are racist, which means right. it gives power to people who have a prejudice and that power is used to suppress mm -hmm. other people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The reason why that, there's multiple reasons why that's dangerous, but one of the big reasons why that's dangerous is a lot of people are unaware of their assumptions. Right. A lot of people are blind to the fact that they don't know what they think or how they feel yeah. about certain people. Right. And because they're blind, going back to that tree and fruit analogy, they'll do something mm -hmm. that they, I'm giving a lot of people benefit of the doubt, that they don't know and think is racist. Yeah. But the person who has the experiences of racism can yeah. look at that and be like, dude, yeah. that is, like, you can't say that. You right. can't do that. Right. That is racist. And that person's like, no, it's not. No way. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they don't have the experience mm -hmm. that the other person has. And that's when we start getting into these huge arguments because a lot of people hold this mm -hmm. hard line of truth. Truth is the only things that you can measure. Mm. That just incredibly devalues everybody's narrative. Yeah. Because facts that are not put into a narrative are actually kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, for example, it's like, you know, I used the example with my wife the other day because we were having a similar type conversation and it's like, what if I just pushed you over? And the reasoning behind I push you over is like just because. Okay. The logical conclusion of that is you have to be like, oh, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. If there's no reason behind it, he has mm -hmm. no empathy. He's a sociopath. Right. Like, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. But say the narrative of that is she said something that triggered trauma in me. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I reacted. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's right. I'm not justifying the fact that I pushed her over. Mm. But it gives context to the facts at hand. Mm -hmm. It's like facts in content and in, in context and experience is like a coloring book. Mm -hmm. The facts the, are the lines, mm -hmm. the hard lines. If you just look at it, it's just black and white, and it's no fun. Mm -hmm. But if when you start putting color into it, 
you, it starts to, the, the lines are more distinct and they make more sense or why they're there. Mm-hmm. Right. That is, it's the same thing with legalism without grace. It's like, if there's just laws, then it's just, right. You know, useless, pointless religion. Right. That right. we can bend to our will and do, do to oppress others, hurt others, lift ourselves up, be self-righteous, all that yeah. stuff. But the moment you enter the color of grace and love and the gospel into the practices of our faith, yeah. they point us to something. They point us to someone. They ultimately point us to Christ. So yeah. that, that, that's the definition. Those are the definitions of systematic and systemic. Yep. System, think systematic, is the system. Systemic is the outside thing that mm-hmm. enters into the system and completely corrupts it. Yeah. And turns it, and those products start turning into things yep. that if you're a believer, you wouldn't want for yourself or you want for anyone else. No. One of the things that, that I pulled from, so a definition of systemic racism, this is influenced a little bit by John Piper. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to JP. The systemic racism, the natural outflow and lasting effect of personal racism mm-hmm. within institutions and how those institutions affect other people. Yep. So it's this outworking of personal racism. You know, institutions are built on people, people. and through 100%. people. Yep. So it's this outflow and lasting effect. Yep. This lasting effect. Let me give you... So, so let's do this. Here, here's an example that mm-hmm. I, ha- I have crafted. So I am open to critique. That yep. is the understatement of the day. I yeah. am open to critique. Let me try to give an example to, to the students that are listening um, of, of the, the ethos, the, the overall flow of systemic racism. Yeah. This isn't a, an exact education politic, this, but this is an overall flow. So, yep. so here's an example. And you critique or, or say, great job, or both. Um, I'll probably be both. Uh, <laughs> I think that's good. I'm okay. <laughs> right, here we go, here we go. In the 1800s and well into the 1900s, yep. your race deeply impacted where you could live. Yep. You weren't allowed to live in certain areas yep. because or, or certain neighborhoods due to your race. Yep. Your race therefore deeply impacted the jobs you could get in certain yep. areas. Your race deeply affected how much you were paid at these jobs, which would in turn affect the public school system and income in your neighborhood. I'm taking the nod as a good thing so far. Mm-hmm. Um, which in turn, if, if your neighborhood and if the school system you're not going to is what is good, that affects your college prospects, which in turn affects your future employment. So, so what people have to understand about systemic racism is that race deeply impacts not just whether or not someone calls you a terrible name. Mm-hmm. Racism deeply impacts your position in the American system. 100%. Is, is that... Is that a flavor of what yeah, systemic racism for is sure. like? And to even add layers to that, to even like take out the word deeply, like no, that caused it. Like mm. there's no, like there's no, but it's no, that is what mm-hmm. happened. Like they literally drew lines on maps saying, yeah, black people can't live here. Right. And right. then so say, black people can't live here, but your job that. By by the grace of God, you actually get is right. way over here. Right. It's like how am I supposed to? Yeah, how am I supposed to get that? Because you're not getting loans from banks. Right. You're not getting any money mm. from the banks because the institution of the bank is corrupted. Mm. And now they're, but not just that, they're legally allowed to do that. Right, right. Like what 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 blows my mind sometimes is there's like this idea that it was far away, mm. like. I told, I figured this out the other day that my dad's, my dad and his siblings 
were the first generation of my family who had full rights. Right. Yeah. As I, today, like today, my parents. Yes. Not, right. No, not, no, no. Not like great, 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 great. Right. Like, World no, War One. No. My no. dad. Yes. Like my grandfather, he yes. had the right to vote, but like I can't remember exact dates. But like it wasn't yeah. until the 1960s. My dad was born in '70, mm-hmm. where schools were fully integrated, and it right. was like not illegal right. to do these things. But yeah. still, this is not this is not like yeah 1700. Well, it was, but it, but it stayed that yeah. way. That's I looked this up today. Yeah, voting the Voting Rights Act. 1965. Yeah. My dad was born in 54. Yep. My dad, yep. in his lifetime, just just in this lifetime, do people who look like you mm-hmm. now have the same rights as me, just in terms of voting. And MLK was shot three years after that. And just for the record, MLK was assassinated. Yes, yes, well said. Like, history books, like, he was murdered. Yes. Like, no, he was... They put a target on his back and was he was deemed right. the most dangerous man in America at one point. Right. He was just a civil rights activist who was promoting peaceful protests so that we could be treated right. as human beings. A hundred percent. So it's like even those kinds of things were like that mm. when you say murdered, it's like, oh Yeah, how when, tragic. When you say assassinated, it's like yo who, who did this? Yeah. It's like there's like how you even Good. think about it automatically shit. So yes. language is yes. incredibly important yes. when you start thinking about your assumptions about people and yeah. when you when you're looking at social media when you're watching movies or the books you read or the people mm. you talk to how are people of color portrayed like that's right. that's informing mm-hmm. how you view people mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. that was so crazy about Chadwick Boseman was that mm. he was like I'm not going to be the drug dealer in your TV show. Right. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. the angry black man in your TV show. Or the, or the token black friend yeah, to I'm the not, protagonist. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Like, right. I'm going to say no to this mm-hmm. so that I can say yes to Black Panther and give a whole generation of black kids and black yeah. men right. a, a hero mm-hmm. to look at right. and just be like, right. yo, like... Right. That's incredible to see black people portrayed in that way of being excellence and black women not being portrayed as yes. angry but powerful and emotional and supportive mm-hmm. and, and independent and not needing someone to defend. Mm-hmm. Like those things matter to the psyche of people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when the thing that they see and they're taught in school their whole life yes. is like your history starts with slavery. Yeah. Your history starts with being brought over on, on ships. Mm-hmm. And it's. Wait. What do you think that does to someone's psyche? Of, of and, 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 and to your point, and, and we'll talk about this in the further resources yeah. section in three and a half hours, but <laughs> Matt Chandler talks about, you know, growing up in school, like, and I went to an excellent private school, yep. top of the line education, yep. I, and this is no disrespect to them, but, but, but I learned about Jackie Robinson, MLK, mm-hmm. Maybe Malcolm X, if, if the teacher yeah, was like really into if we had time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Harriet Tubman. Yep. Um, uh, George Washington Carver was probably in there somewhere. Because peanut, peanut butter. Ma- yeah, yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you. You, you know, white people love peanut, peanut butter. butter. <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing. Like, yeah. and, and so, and Chandler's point, to your point, is, yeah. is that you've got white people and African Americans. Uh, and those are just two, right? Yep. Not even other other races and different and different walks of people. But you've got them learning that in this ocean of Washingtons and Lincolns yep. and Jeffersons and and Roosevelts, there were these couple of bright spots yep. of black people. So you you subconsciously are taught in education 
that a special black person yep. is a rarity, yep. is the, the unicorn, like we yep. talked about. You know what I mean? In, the, in this ocean of the white people who are really the movers and shakers. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and it's, and that, that is, I, I think, here's kind of the example that I, that I have used with someone, and it's a little intense, but I think it makes a point. Mm-hmm. You know, people will say about the present day, look, Cam, come on, dude, I've seen, I own 42 on DVD. Mm-hmm. I've seen Remember the Titans like 10 times. Mm-hmm. I even saw The Help mm-hmm. in theaters, in theaters. And, and, <laughs> Therefore, and, and, and I agree with everything in those movies. Mm-hmm. I would never use the N-word. I would never, um, you know, hit somebody because or, or pick on someone for the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. What are you complaining about, man? What? And, and so they see the present, and, and if I can say it this way, they see the progress mm-hmm. that has been made, and they say, therefore, there's, the past has no hold on us. Right. Here's the example I use. If your wife was sexually abused as a child, yep. and therefore now that you are married, you struggle with intimacy with her, mm-hmm. that's the same as you saying, get over it. Yeah. What is the deal? Come on, man. we've got to, we're married. We're presently married now. Yeah. In order to help fix the present, you have to acknowledge the horror yeah, that has been done in the past. And, and not just that it was done like, I stole something like like a static action. It connects to the personhood of what's happening today. 100%. I, I think, is that a fair way of, of maybe, again, the, the flavor and the ethos of, of, of not just personal racism, yeah, but man. systemic racism and what's still happening? Dude, that's why narrative and history is so important. Like You, yes. ha- like you have to understand... The yeah. whys and the whys are in your history, yeah. Because your because your narrative and your experience they form your yeah. beliefs, and if your beliefs are unchecked, you're growing these deep roots of what you think, how you feel, and what you believe about people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get into this moment, mm. and you find yourself on the side of a party line or a racial line that you did not ex- like expect right. yourself to be on and you have no idea why yeah. right you have no idea why why am i here right. if 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 you have the courage to ask yourself that question why am i here mm. right it's like i've been going to therapy for a couple of years now and starting to delve into why i get angry so quickly mm. like why can i not take critique mm-hmm. why is that such a hard thing and then what my therapist will do is I'll start expressing these problems of where I think they come from. And what he does is he gives validation to those experiences. Mm-hmm. And then all of a the sudden, there's this, this relief of like, I just needed someone mm-hmm. to say like that happened. Diffuses, like, I'm not yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what it's called um, mm. gaslighting. It's like when, when since we're the mind, since black people and people of color are the minority, you're, you're usually when you're the you're the token black guy in a lot of white spaces. Mm-hmm. You have majority white people who don't have, they don't have your experiences, right? Yeah. They don't know what you've been through. Yeah. So you start being the prophetic voice in your space of like, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. and they're like, no, that's not a thing. Right. That didn't happen. And you start hearing that enough and you're just like, hmm. am I crazy? Yeah. But then what ends up happening is you start talking to your, your friends who are people, your people of color. They're like, no, that happened to me. Hmm. That happened to me. That happened to me. That happened. And you're just like, 
So I'm not crazy. Like, this is a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I just talked to my dad. He's like, no, I was literally thrown on the street Mm. in Atlanta in front of the Fulton County Courthouse because I raised my voice at your mom and was instantly seen as a threat. Mm. Like, oh, so you've had instances with the police. Mm. And then as a kid, like, white men telling him, Mm. I'm going to kill you for playing with my children. Mm. Like that's my dad. My dad's fifty. Right. He's not, he's, he's not this ninety-five-year-old like. Yeah. Like, no. Maybe. Like, maybe. Not, like. No. 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 In yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Like this just happened, and mm. then you know my instances of being being profiled with the police. It's like, and I'm not dark. Mm-mm. And my dad told me all the time, like Cam, don't forget that you're black because people will quickly remind you that you are. Hmm. Wow. And it's just like. Hmm. You got to understand the experiences in order to have any kind of empathy and in order to mourn with those who mourn, which is a biblical mandate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the part that breaks my heart. If you're not a believer, I, I really, my expectations of how you deal with this are completely different. Yeah. But as a Christian, yeah. I have a hard time hmm. understanding the inability to just listen without combating which means that there has to be a narrative in your head, in your heart, that is not allowing you to go to that place of like, this is real, and there is a slight chance that you have participated in it without knowing. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talked about it earlier about like sins of permission, sins of omission. There are rituals and repentance needed for sins that you didn't know that you committed. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. That's that's a thing, you yeah. know. So it, to your to your example of your like if your wife is having trauma with intimacy and things like that, that's a great example of bringing urgency and connecting the dots to the fact that no, your history mm-hmm. affects your present. Correct. Yeah. We'll all and and to just put a line in the sand, it's like it's like you're going to the movies and someone walks in hour and a half in and you're telling them the story. And they've only seen the last 15 minutes and they tell you, oh, that's that story. That didn't happen. Mm. It's like, dude, you just got here. Like right. you can't, like you have no say so in the first hour and a half of the mm-hmm. movie because you weren't there to experience it. Yeah. And then to say, oh, he got here because of X, Y, Z. You're like, no, he didn't. Right. You're like, you weren't, like you weren't here for the first half of the movie. Like, why are you in here critiquing right. when you didn't even see the whole film? Yeah. And then you don't even have the hmm. courage or the patience to go back and watch and like mm. learn about the rest of it. Man, that's a great point. That's a, <laughs> such a good it's analogy. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, right. you just, you sound, first of all, you sound ignorant, mm-hmm. which I don't think you want to sound ignorant, but you do sound ignorant. Right. And you do, you come off as unempathetic. You come off as a bigot. You come off as all these things that as a believer should break your heart that you are displaying this to, a, to your family, yeah. right? If we're a covenant family, it should mm-hmm. hurt you that you are hurting mm-hmm. a brother or a sister or a parent in the faith. That's the, that is the part that's the most heartbreaking to me is yeah. when the believer just you don't have to co-sign Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. but for me, like you know me, yeah, right, like right, right, yeah. like forget them, like you know me as a person, right, like why can't you empathize and why can't you understand me? You know what I'm saying? That's the part that's probably, actually not even probably, the most heartbreaking. <laughs> so when you were telling me your experience, like I'm literally, I'm literally on the other side of the phone, like in tears. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
like, God, you are faithful. Like, you are doing what you said you will do and finishing the things that you started, and you're softening the hearts of men, and your your spirit is coming, and you're answering the prayers of saints of old and saints of new. Like, you are doing a right. work in those kinds of moments for, for people of color when they see their brothers and sisters who are mm-hmm. white, like, come to those realizations. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not that, yeah, we're getting more power. It's no, like, no, no, no. like... Our family is coming together. Yeah. It's like we're coming back to this unity, which Christ says in the last prayer he prays that we have on record of him going to the cross. I pray that they will be one like you and I are one. Yeah, That's a big deal if like the, you're praying for the saints and that is what you're praying for. Yeah, 100%. Like we should probably take that with some... <laughs> Some some brevity of Jesus saying like I want them to be one. So yeah. well we're not really one right now, and that right. is tearing my heart apart. When you think about if you're if you're Jesus and you're going to die mm-hmm. and you are on limited time oh, here, yeah. understatement of the year. Limited know, yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I got to be somewhere, guys. Yeah, so it's not. It's not in the ESP. Yeah. It's not in the ESP. Yeah. But but of all the things he could have picked to pray for, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for part one on our discussion about race in America. We'll see you next week in part two.